Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Andy and the band, for that beautiful, beautiful worship this morning. Well, Welcome, I am so and thank you for tuning into the Graceland uh, Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus um, and love our, our neighbor for the good of the city. So today, I am going to share with you um, the best I can to prepare us uh, to biblically fast and pray together over the next 21 days. This is a topic that is very near to my heart because it changed my life. Um, over the years, I've done so much research on this, and I love the teachings of Jenison Franklin, which I'm going to share with you, uh, very much of them with you today. We're also going to be following along with his book, Fasting, um, by Jenison Franklin here, his book, Fasting. We're going to be... Um, um, putting up daily encouragement from here on social media over the next 21 days, prayer points, all that stuff. If you want to get this book, the information is on our website. And so it's a great resource. He also has a book, 101 um, Questions About Fasting, that is a fantastic uh, book to get also. Um, and so I'm excited about that. So this week, my dad was in town, and I said to my dad, I was like, Dad, I'm um, preaching Sunday on fasting and prayer. I said, you have any insight for me? And he said, well, I'll tell you a story about um, when we first started planning our church. And I was about um, probably the age of some of you in here today. I was about seven or eight years old. Is there anybody in here seven or eight years old? Anybody? My daughter, seven or eight. Back there, seven or eight. Chloe, I see you. Yes. There's some seven or eight-year-olds. I was about seven, so I was about your age. I was about seven or eight years old. And uh, my dad said that uh, he was called into this uh, season of fasting. He didn't know how long it would be. And um, along with that, he was going door-to-door -door with a term that we don't use much anymore called soul winning. And him and one of our original founders of another gentleman would go door-to-door, -door, knocking on doors to pray over people, hand them tracks. We don't do tracks much anymore either, another old-school term. Um, handing tracks and um, speaking the gospel to people um, during that time. So I say that to tell you, he's walking right? He's doing a lot of walking every night. And he went for two weeks without any food. Two weeks with no food. And he said, I'll tell you, he said, it became so easy that I was worried I wasn't going to be able to eat again. And the point of that, what he was telling me was that God will sustain you. God will sustain you. God honors, God favors, and God sustains and I'm just going to come right out up front with it here this morning and, and say this. Fasting is always about food. Fasting is always about food. Anything beyond that is just a spiritual practice. Fasting is a spiritual discipline. Giving up social media to spend more time in prayer in the word is also a spiritual discipline. But it's not fasting. It's very different. For a long time, I didn't grasp this. And, and once I did, I can tell you it changed my life. Fasting, it was this door to this deeper relationship with the Father that I never knew possible. 
It's amazing what happens when we actually act on biblical fasting, what that looks like. And I'm going to share that with you today. And our hope and our prayer is that we as a church have a, have a Joel 2 revival, right? And God just comes and pours out his spirit on all flesh. And we are going to have revival nights right on the tail end of our 21-day fast um, on February 4th, 5th, and 6th, right here at 6.30 p.m. We're going to have revival nights. We're going to have some uh, guest speakers coming in. I remember having 10 you remember the old school tent tent revivals in the summertime? I can smell the air just talking about it. Old school. We used to set up a tent outside church, and we would be a week-long revival. It was one of my favorite times as a kid. Um, so we're going to have revival service, but we're going to do it inside. It'll be inside the church building. Fourth, fifth, and sixth. Mark your calendars for that. So will you pray with me this morning before we read the word? Dear Jesus, we just come before you today, God, and we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the blueprint that you've given us on how to live on the stories that you've shared with us, on just what you call us to do, God. I pray for our hearts to be open to what you have for us today, Lord, for our ears to hear truth, Lord, and to just, just be open to it, God. We love you so much, and we just thank you so much for all that you do and for the favor and the love that you give to us. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen. So prayer is connecting to God. I think we can all agree with that. Prayer is connecting to God, and fasting is disconnecting from the world. Prayer is, is connecting to God. Fasting is disconnecting from the world. David in Psalm 42 shows us that fasting brings us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord. When we abstain from food um, for a number of days for a spiritual purpose, our spirit becomes highly sensitive to the things of God. And David says, deep calls unto deep. So David was fasting, and David was hungry, and his thirst for God grew higher, so much so that it was more than his desire for food. And as a result, he said, he would cry out from the depths of his soul to the depths of God. Even in the midst of his trials, from the depths of his soul, he would cry out to the depths of God. Deep calls to deep. In Ezra 8.21, we see that fasting will rise up a foundation for many generations. It says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. Fasting is recorded all over the Bible. A few examples are Joshua. He fasted for 40 days. Moses and Elijah fasted for 40 days. Daniel did it for 21 days. The Apostle Paul went on at least two fasts for, for, for three days days and one for 14 days. And I think now that I'm thinking of it, there may have even been a seven-day fast. Um, Peter fasted for three days, and even Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. The Bible teaches us if you are a believer, you will fast. And there are a few different types of fast recorded in Scripture. There's an absolute fast, and this is no water, no food, absolutely nothing, absolute if you're going to do that, I would highly recommend that you talk to your doctor first. There is a normal fast, which is no food but a lot of water. And then there's the most common, which is a partial fast, and that's found in the book of Daniel, and it's in the beginning of his captivity um, in Babylon. And in Daniel 10, verses 2 and 3, it says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. 
So Daniel was feeling the weight of his family. He was feeling the weight of his people, of his nation's destiny. And in desperation, he says, I will push away from the table and I will eat no desirable food. He said, for 21 days, I am going to seek the Lord. So for three full weeks, he ate vegetables. When you feel it in the flesh, when, 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 you, when you're connecting to God and you're disconnecting from the world, you will know that God is doing something. I love this quote from Jenison Franklin. He said, if you don't feel it and it doesn't move you, it won't move God. If you don't feel it and it doesn't move you, it won't, it won't move God. As we present our body as a living sacrifice to God, he will honor it. And in Daniel 10, verses 11 to 3, he said to me, O oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So Daniel refused to eat the choice meats from the king's table here, and he's asking instead to have only vegetables and water. He's grieved over Israel, and so Daniel begins another partial fast, taking in no sweets, no meats, no wine for three weeks. No sweets, no meats, no wine for three weeks. And at the end, his prayer was answered by an angel. And during that three weeks, he was focused on prayer. He gave up meat, sugar, bread, wine. He ate vegetables. And God said to him, oh, Daniel, you are greatly desirable to me. Oh, Daniel, you have favor with me. And God loves every one of us. His, God, his love for us is infinite. But love and favor are two different things. And he said, Daniel, you have favor with me. Why? Because his righteousness and because of his sensitivity to the promptings of the Spirit. And I believe it's time for us to say, God, I am coming after you. God, I'm coming after you. I want more of you and less of me. I must decrease so that you can increase. I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my family. I'm giving you my relationships. I'm giving you my business. I'm giving you the car that's broken down that I can't afford to fix. I'm giving you my prodigal. I'm giving you my job that I don't have or the job that I want. I want to disconnect from social media. I want to disconnect from, from the habits I've had. I want to disconnect from the sinful world. I want to disconnect maybe from my secret sins that nobody else knows about and say, I want to connect to you, God. I want to connect to you, God. And I want to encourage you not to be like, I think I'll try this fast and see how it goes. I can tell you how it's going to go. It's probably not going to be easy at first. But I can tell you how it's going to go. And I want to encourage you to just make a decision on what you're going to do and keep it. Make a decision and keep it. I think sometimes God is saying, I'm waiting on you to do something physical to release something spiritually. 
I believe Exodus 17 has a huge impact about what we're talking about today. Moses and the children of Israel, they were fighting the Amalekites, and God told him to go up to the mountain and lift his hands towards heaven. And, and it says he commanded him to lift his hands. In verse 11, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' grew, hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other side, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So as long as he had physical obedience here, he was winning the battle in the supernatural. And I believe this story reinforces the fact that physical obedience brings spiritual release. The physical response of Moses' hands raised high was recognized by heaven. The physical response of the leper on his knees crying out, Oh God, have mercy on me, was recognized by heaven. The physical response of David leaping and dancing in front of the Ark of the Covenant was recognized by heaven. And I'm going to tell you, if the raising of hands brings victory under the old covenant, what more will prayer and fasting do for us under the new covenant? Jesus showed an example to us for 40 days. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. 40 days he had just been baptized in water. The Holy Spirit descended into the form of a dove, and he goes into the wilderness. And in Luke 4, 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit of the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Jesus understood here what fasting produced, and it produced a dimension of power that he couldn't move forward in his ministry without. And Luke 4 says Jesus returned from the fast in the power of the spirit. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Let me tell you, there's going to be somebody who's going to say, you are crazy. Eat something. They said, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Rabbi, Jesus said, I have meat. I have food that you know not of. And Luke 5.33 said to him, John's, they said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. And in those days, they will fast. This is so important here. This is so important. Jesus said, when I'm with them in physical presence, they won't need to fast. But they'll have everything they need in me. But there will come a day. Jesus lived with them. He ate with them. He knew that they would miss him. He says, there will come a day or my physical presence will be taken from them, and then they will fast. So what he's saying is that through fasting, that they will gain what they lost in his physical presence. You see, he's always here. His spirit's here. But you will be more aware of his presence. Much of the modern church has succumbed to feelings and intellect. I feel like I'm humble, so... 
I don't ever have to get on my knees and go to bow at the altar because I feel like I'm humble. God says, sometimes I demand of my people a physical act of obedience before I can release the spiritual reward. This should be a practice. This should be a part of our life. We should have an awareness that we have to constantly be going back and then we find that we have power over the enemy and we have favor with God. He loves our partnership. He loves to co-labor with us. He loves it. Listen, there's no set formula for what you're going to do to help you determine what type of fast or what length of fast is right for you. It's going to depend on your circumstances, but I want to tell you, don't get bogged down in the details. Begin with one day, maybe a sunrise to sunset. I think you'll be surprised how a day can change your life. But I will tell you this, fasting without prayer and without the word, it's a really cool diet and a religious ritual. They go together. And if you have real health issues, please check with your doctor. But even at that, you'll be able to give up something. There is something desirable that you can let go of, even if you have to start small. But be reminded that a headache is not a real health issue. You're probably gonna get a little bit of a headache and it'll go away. Sometimes God will come in the middle of the day and say, fast one more meal. Fast sunup to sundown today. Maybe tomorrow, fast 24 hours. For me, I'm going to do the Daniel fast. That's what I've chosen for myself. There's lots of resources online about the Daniel fast. If you have questions, feel free to email me or ask me about it. It's basically seeds, anything from a seed. But, you know, I'm going to be open to the Spirit. There might be a day that he comes and God says, I want you to fast 24 hours today and be open to the spirit and when you're really hungry turn that hunger to God and to prayer turn the focus uh, off of the hunger and onto him deep calls to deep deep calls to deep I was in Israel back in March I was on a solo journey and I had stayed at the hotel I had stayed at previously, and it was in the old city of Jerusalem, right inside the Jaffa Gate. And the Jaffa Gate is an entrance that, that'll, that many tourists and people come and go. It's, it's, you know, it's a well-known entrance. And I walked out of my hotel and came down to street level, and I stepped out, and I looked up, and I was like, It was like the running of the bulls, only not that fast. There was approximately 200,000 Muslims entering the old city to pray. It was Ramadan, which is their 40 days of fasting and prayer. They entered, over 200,000 of them entered the old city five times a day in and out to pray. It was unbelievable. I thought to myself, I'd never seen anything like that. Ever. I've never seen a swarm of Christians like that, ever. And gosh. If the, 
the Muslims do this, the church, of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ should believe what the Bible says and teaches about fasting and prayer. We're going to have prayer nights here on Tuesdays for the next three weeks at 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. We're going to offer that to you as a place to come and just be together, to pray together as a family for the next three Tuesdays. And I want to encourage you to take advantage of that. For me, I want to know, like, what's happening in the spiritual realm that if I were there, I could see it. Fasting and prayer should be a regular part of our life. And I want to encourage you to do it several times a year in 2024. This is a corporate fast that we're about to enter into together, right? We're doing it all together. But I want to encourage you to do a private fast at some point where you don't tell anybody about it. It's just between you and God. It's just between you and God. Now listen, you're going to go to your workplace, right? And you're not going to go in there. Yes, it's a corporate fast. And yes, we know each other is fasting. And there's a lot of churches fasting. It's the new year. It's a common thing. And you're going to go to your workplace and you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm fasting with my church and I'm so hungry. I just need to go pray. No. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 says, When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward, their reward in full, period. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He'll say, oh, Nina, you are favored by me. Oh, Bethany, you are favored by me. Oh, Sarah, you are highly favored by me. I want him to say that about me. Who wouldn't, right? Who wouldn't? Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again, and it's time for us to separate from the world again, and we're going to begin tomorrow. Some of you maybe are in this place today, and you filled your temple with so much debris and so much messiness that you're thinking, this probably isn't for me right now. Let me tell you, fasting is emptying out so that he can fill you back up. It's for you right now. When I was a sophomore in high school, I asked my parents for a Bible for Christmas. And I got this Bible. I don't, for obvious reasons, carry it around much anymore. And I've been looking for somebody to recover it for a long time, and it's hard to find. Right in here, you can barely see the pencil writing. It says, it says Christmas 1992. But you know what's crazy about it? When I got this, Bible in 1992. You can't see where it says Christmas 1992 anymore. It's so, it's, it's really quite gone because it's in pencil. My mom wrote in the pages in the front in pencil. Why would you write it in pencil? In pencil. And as a sophomore in high school, I had no idea what this meant. I was a good kid. I played sports. I did True Love Weights campaign. I, I volunteered. I made good grades. I was a good kid, right? And I had no idea. I mean, I knew what it meant, but I was like, okay, great. Um, 
And she wrote on the inside in pencil, and here's the crazy thing. You can see it as if it was written today. Like the pencil is still there. Clearly the Bible's been used, right? It says, when you clean the inside of the cup, God fills you up. Ten years later, as I was flipping through the pages of that Bible, and I saw that again, as I'd seen it all the other times, I knew what I had to do, and I knew what I needed God to do. Maybe you're here today, and you just say, I'm not right with God, and I want to get right with God. You see, fasting isn't just more about God getting more of you, but it, or about us getting more of God, but it's God getting more of you. When Mary and Joseph were, were traveling to Bethlehem and, and Mary was about to have birth, give birth and, you know, we read the scripture that says there was no room at the inn. It wasn't like an inn like you and I go to, like the nice fancy bed and breakfast, right? An inn just meant a guest room. There was, nobody had a guest room for them. Well, you know what? They're saying, they say over there, they say people did have guest rooms. They did. They just saw them coming. And they saw this pregnant woman, and they knew that she was about to give birth. And I don't go into too much detail with the kids in here, but in Jewish culture, they didn't want that mess in their house. And so they said, there's no room. There's no room. So Jesus ended up being born in what we would think of like a basement or a cave, a place where they would bring animals in in the weather. Somebody said, well, they can stay down there. It'll be easier to clean probably. Because it was too messy. There was no room. Let me tell you, friends, God is the author of time, and it's not too late if you're thinking that for yourself today. Deep calls to deep. Cry out from the depths of your heart to the depths of God. We're going to sing, and the altar is going to be open this morning. And just like Jesus set an example for us, his children, you can do that this morning for every one of these kids in this room today. Listen, there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no junior God. Kids can participate in this too. Maybe if you drink five Capri Suns a day, you can drink four Capri Suns a day. And stop and say, God, I love you and thank you. Maybe you just want to come and say, I want to join you on this journey. God, deep calls to deep. I'm making a public profession to do a physical act for a spiritual release. If you want to come forward, I would love to pray over you before we begin this fast tomorrow. I would love to see us praying over each other this morning. But if you want to come forward, we're going to sing Make Room. And I, I pray that you make room this morning for the Spirit to just move in you. And I will make room. you want to do whatever you want yeah. thank you Heather for an awesome message um, I am so excited about this new year and just to dive a little bit deeper get a little bit closer get a little bit better um, I'm so excited about this church and what the land of grace has for all of us here um, everyone have a great great happy new year be safe tonight. Be safe on the roads. Um, and we'll see you all Tuesday night uh, here for prayer. Um, and there will also be resources daily on social media. 
if you're if you're going to do the fast, um, encouragement, stuff like that. So just stay in tune here. Um, after I pray this benediction over us, uh, we will be dismissed. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a great week. Uh, we love you very much.